What's up, party people? Welcome to Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which is short for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me on Twitter at that handle, and you can also find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter if you're interested. You know, whatevs. Um, today's episode is going to be about the mystery of the brass bound trunk, which came out in 1940. Um, <laughs> And honestly, once you start thinking about the plot, like everything absolutely fucking falls apart in this one. But there's some cute Nancy and Ned stuff. So we're going to hand wave all this shit. (laughs) Um, The premise of the book is that Carson is going to be doing something for months. Like it's never said what. It's just that he's going to fly out west and he's going to be working on some shit for months. And... We don't know what it is. Like, he never says. It's all. It's very weird. And I was like, so he's going to be, like, maybe handling some paternity cases? Who knows? Like, there's absolutely no fucking clue. Um, Like, mob doesn't feel right. Who, who the fuck knows? But he doesn't want Nancy to come with him. Which, again, points to something super weird. But, spoiler alert, he comes back almost immediately, so who the fuck knows? Like, the whole point of this was that Carson um, didn't want Nancy to come with him, but he wanted her to be not by herself. So, this was his solution to that fucking problem. He was like, why don't you go to South America? And I was like, if this were not 1940, I'd be like, Nazi hunting. Let's just go Nazi hunting. (laughs) But it's 1940, so the great Nazi exodus has not yet happened. Um, Yeah. So, like, they're going to fucking close the house. Like, Hannah's going to go stay with other people. And it's like, it's like the band's breaking up. And it's very sad. Um, but, yeah. but we don't know any of that at the beginning of this book. Um, Nancy saunters into her house and just flings a tennis racket into the corner, which I think is hilarious. It's like, she's having some sort of weird stalemate with Hannah. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to throw sports shit in the corners. And we're just going to see how long it takes before one of us cleans it up. But anyway, so she walks in and Hannah's like, some bitch came by to talk to you. And she did not sound happy. And Nancy's like, she's probably a turf. So it's, it's fine. I'll just take her whenever she gets here. Um, <laughs> which is an interesting thing for me to say for this particular book. And we'll run into it. Um, the woman in question comes by. Her name is, I don't, I, I actually don't fucking care. Her last name starts with a J. So we're going to call her Mrs. J. Uh, Mrs. J comes in. She's wearing a fox thing over her shoulders. I was like, is it a stole, I guess? Uh, okay. Something expensive. Something to make you know that she's got some money. She's in a limo. She's She's got the fox shit going on. She's she's working on it. Um, So she comes in and she's like, you. And Nancy's like, have we met? And the woman's like, you are going to South America. And Nancy's like, yeah, I'm going to South America. Like, that's a thing that I'm going to be doing. Nancy's decided to go with a girls school trip that's gonna be going down there like legit because Carson's gonna be gone for months and apparently this girls school is just gonna have the best field trip ever I guess so she's supposed to go with them and Mrs. J's daughter Nestrelda which when I read that in the book I was like is she like is that her fortune teller stage name because Nestrelda's just a lot to hang on a child um Later on, they start calling her Treldy, which is almost worse, but not quite. Um, which made me think of Trudy from Mad Men. Um, Mrs. J does not want Nancy to go on this trip with because she's like, you'll be a bad influence on my child, Nestrelda, who is much better than the likes of you. And Nancy's like, 
You gonna fucking step off or what? But the woman's like, you look cute. You seem reasonable. But I know that you are actually the devil. And Nancy's like, that was way harsh, Ty. Um, <laughs> but she's basically like, look, I'm going. Like, there, there ain't shit you can do about it. Earlier that day, your host forgot to mention, um, there was a knock at the door. And Hannah goes to the door and she sees a basket there. And she's like, oh, shit, a baby. <laughs> Which I love that that was the first thought and also this lends credence to that whole is Carson going to explore paternity suits? Is that how this is going to play out? But they opened the um, basket, which Hannah's again like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we should do this. And Nancy's like, I'm sure it's fine. And they open the basket and there's a cat inside. And it's a beautiful cat. And Nancy's like, oh my gosh, look at this beautiful cat. Calling back to Clue of the Tapping Heels, it kind of makes sense because Annie said that she was going to give Nancy a cat. And Nancy was like, that sounds great. I'll, I'll get a Persian kitten. But this is not a Persian cat. And it's like a full grown cat. It's not a kitten. And there's a little note that says, from a friend for all the help you've given me. And it's no signature. And Nancy's like, well, I've helped everyone within like a 15 county radius. So it could be anyone. There's just no telling. So she decides to take the cat inside and name it Snowball, because of course she does. Why would you not? Anyway, Snowball is asleep on the couch after Mrs. J has finished trying to ream Nancy out. Nancy's like, whatever. And she's fallen asleep on top of Mrs. J's gloves or some shit. And so she goes to reach for her gloves and Snowball, like, fucking scratches her in the face. And Mrs. J's like, oh my god, I cannot believe your cat attacked me. And Nancy's like, you kind of brought that on yourself. Go, whatever. So she's basically like, you haven't heard the last of this. And Nancy's like, yeah, I have, but that's fine. The whole point is that um, Nancy's going to, like, everything is ready for her to go on this trip. Carson's not going to just say, well, I guess you can stay home. Like I said, they're going to close up the fucking house. So, no. Um, so Carson pulls up soon after. He's pursuing some people who are delivering to Nancy the eponymous brass-bound trunk. Which Nancy looks at and she's like, oh my god, that is so cute. Like, trying to, like, the way it's described in the book, it sounds actually pretty commonplace. Like, it's um, black and it's got brass fittings, of course, hence the name. And it's got her initials on it, so it says ND on it so that she'll be able to pick it out. Because I think that it's not distinctive enough for her to have spotted otherwise. And I think that for them to have slapped some paisley on it would not be period appropriate. But anyway... So they get it, and Carson's like, I just came with it to make sure that it was delivered, and it looks like everything's fine, and there's a point in the novel where um, somebody comes to pick up the trunk, and is like, that's a beautiful trunk, I'm going to compose a limerick about it, and I was like, what the, f- what the literal fuck is happening right now, am I drunk? If somebody was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a limerick right now, I'd be like, get the fuck out. <laughs> you and I are incompatible on every single level. <laughs> unless we're drunk um so yeah Nancy gets the trunk and she's like this is fucking great and she goes to see Bess and George later on that day spoiler Bess and George are also accompanying her on this trip because of course they are like Nancy can't go anywhere without them that's not true and they're gonna be away for months which is like remember in the last book how they went to New York and Bess's mom was like no I need you back after like 48 hours for vague reasons and now they're like go to South America for like three months and then in a previous book, like, George was like, yeah, my mom said I got to get ready to go back to school. And you're like, oh, uh, in what universe? Like, are you doing correspondence courses? <laughs> Y'all ain't doing shit for school. 
so Bess and George are gonna go with her and Nancy's like does everybody hate me like I I just this this bitch came by and and they were like everyone loves you everyone fucking loves you do not even give that woman a second thought Nancy goes out to oh I think she's gonna go shopping there's a lot of shopping in this book because of course she needs to buy like everything for her trip so she gets in the car and goes and somebody rear ends her at a stop sign and she gets out of the car all furious and it seems that there is a nervous ginger guy behind her who was like oh I'm so sorry here here take a hundred dollars by um a hundred dollars in 1940 would be just under two thousand dollars now so if somebody were just like to make it rain hundreds on you and then just like flee the scene of the accident which Nancy looks at it and she's like oh shit like apparently they've dented her fender or some shit Again, this is 1940. I don't know what cars were constructed out of. Maybe tank material? But anyway. So she she doesn't get to exchange information with the person who was driving the car, which she wanted to do. Um, because, you know, you want to have the name of this person who ran into you. For lawsuit reasons. But as Nancy's standing there looking at her car and going, oh, shit. Uh, Ned appears because Ned is summoned by any car accidents. Or any car things at all. Like, Ned is attracted to cars. So maybe Nancy attracts him using new car smell. Who knows? Ned appears and is like, oh, shit, what happened? And Nancy's like, some bitch ran into me. Some ginger and a car ran into me. And Ned's like, and he ran off. He, he ain't getting shit for this. And Nancy's like, check out this crisp $100 bill that he made it ran on me. And Ned's like, mm, okay, I'll take it back. Let me just pound that out for you. <laughs> Phrasing. Um. So he actually takes a hammer from her car and pounds her fender back out so that so that it looks okay. I don't know what the fuck. I, like I said, tank material, adamantium. Um, so he follows her to the nearest garage and he goes inside and Nancy's like, please go talk to the guy because I don't know what to tell him to do, which feels weird for her. Like, I can totally imagine her taking it to a garage in some strange town and being like, okay, some, some bitch ran into me, just fix this shit but it's fine. Like, I do kind of like that. She's like, oh, Ned, please do this for me. Because it, of course, like makes him fill up with pride. So maybe it's just her being like, yes, I must keep my special friend in the know. I need him to know that I love him. He goes inside and talks the mechanic down from $75 to $50, which again, would be about a thousand. And Nancy's like, sweet. Well, I owe the person that ran into me $50. And Ned's like, keep it like they just flung money at you and Nancy's like no no I'm a good person and I'm going to give them back this $50 that I owe them and that's like uh, okay so um he takes her home yeah yeah I'm gonna forget a lot of shit in this book there's there's a lot of shit happening um when Nancy saw her father earlier when he was delivering the trunk, he was like, oh, I've got a thing for you to do. And Nancy's like, oh, what? And he's like, I gotta go, bye. And Nancy's like, fuck this shit. So after her car was run into, actually, that's what happened. Um, she walks up to her father's office and he's like, I've only got like five minutes. And Nancy's like, then speed run. So Nancy's father, Carson, knows the Trentons who own the luggage company. And that's where he got the brass pound trunk from. He knows them. It's a partnership, and the partner had died, but the guy who's still alive, Trenton, wants his daughter, Doris, to marry the son of the deceased partner to kind of just, like, cement everything, and she doesn't seem to want to, and Nancy's like, how is any of this my fucking problem? 
And her father's like, well, I mean, we thought that maybe you could, like, talk to her and maybe convince her to marry her father's deceased partner's son. And Nancy's like, I, again, don't see how that's any of my fucking business. Like, she should be able to do what she wants. And Carson's like, well, I mean, just meet her. Like, we're just saying. And Nancy's like, look, I'll... mm." I'm about to go to South America. And her father's like, guess what? She is too on the same ship as you. (laughs) Because of course she is. And so Nancy's like, I'll meet her. And if it comes up in conversation, then I'll hear her out. But I'm, I'm, this ain't my shit. This ain't my shit to get into. So, um, yeah, there's packing, there's finding stuff to pack in her trunk. There's having to clean up the house and get it ready to, close up for everything. Um, I think Mrs. J comes to see Nancy like multiple times during this. And I think actually what the next thing that happens is that the headmistress comes and Nancy's like, oh, so Mrs. J got to you. And headmistress is like, yeah, so um, she just really doesn't want you to go on this trip. And um, she says she's going to pull her daughter off the trip if you don't get off the trip, and Nancy's like, that's her affair, like, I literally don't give a fuck, and the headmistress is like, so she's my half-sister, and Nancy's like, well, really, like, that's super fucking awkward, and she's like, yeah, exactly, it's, it's real super fucking awkward, so, and Nancy's like, I'll think about it, okay, I'll, I'll think about it, that's all I can promise you, and the headmistress is like, thank you for at least thinking about it. So they debate amongst themselves. They're trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Because, again, they bought tickets. They're, they have every intention of going. And Bess and George are like, why the fuck would you change your plans just based on this bitch? And Nancy's like, you've got an excellent point. So she's like, okay, so let's say that I decided not to travel with the group of girls from the girls' school. Like, what else could we possibly do? And then she's like, oh, there's this Mrs. Party that we know that her her um her husband was American, but she came from South America, and maybe she'd like to go back. Like, I've heard her talk about wanting to go back to South America, so it could be that we could travel with her, and that way she would be our chaperone, and because Carson doesn't want them to be traveling alone on this trip, because as you know, anytime Nancy leaves her house, or even if she stays home, like, some shit gonna go down, so... So they decide to go out to Mrs. Party's house, but it's actually like closed up, like boarded up. And Nancy goes to the next door neighbor and she's like, hey, so question. And the woman's like, oh yeah, she left like two days ago to South America to go to South America. And Nancy's like, fucking hell, are you serious? I thought that she like had cats. And the woman's like, yeah, she said that she was going to take a cat and leave it with like a friend that she knew near here. And Nancy's like, Mrs. Party left me the damn cat. Okay. Which Hannah was like, I ain't taking care of that cat. Nancy's like, I'll take care of the cat. It's fine. And Hannah's like, you're about to go on a fucking trip. And Nancy's like, I'll take the cat with me. I'm sure the cat would enjoy it. And I'm like, I, uh, oh, I don't know, dude. Like, oh, okay. That's fine. Um, so they can't go with her. And Nancy's like, well, fuck, that was like the one idea I had. So shit. So they go to the telegraph office because of course they're going to text the ship. They find out the name of the ship that she traveled on. Which, again, I've got a lot of questions about how telegraphing works when you're at sea, but it's fine. And that's actually not what they call it. Um, Can't exactly remember what they call it in the book. I was like, they're going to text the ship. 
they're going to text the ship to just ask if she's cool with Nancy and her friends hanging out with her when they go down to South America. And while they're there, they see this guy that looks familiar to them. They have seen him with Mrs. J, actually. Um, they saw Mrs. J's limousine at that was just like hanging out at a at a curb somewhere. And then they saw this random guy with a hat um, who looked kind of shifty because, of course, he did walk up to her car and get in. And so it looked like the two of them were at least acquainted. And he had been walking away from a jewelry store. And so they're like, hmm. So they see that guy and he's trying to send a telegram. And he fucks it up and then he, he writes up another one. And Nancy retrieves one that he left in the trash and she's like, my name is on this. Hmm. Hmm. But she doesn't know what the rest of it means. I don't remember the rest of it because it doesn't fucking matter, actually. <laughs> it's just enough that she's she knows that this person is apparently keeping tabs on her for some reason and that he's associated with Mrs. J, who is a total stone-cold bitch. So... Mrs. J pulls a Catherine DeBerg a few days later and she's like, okay, I need to know once and for all, are you going to go on this damn trip? Do I have to pull my daughter out of this trip? What are you doing? And Nancy's like, look, I've decided that I'm not going to travel with the group. So do what you want. And Mrs. J's like, I'm glad that you found us all reason and like flounce off. And Nancy does not volunteer that she's still going to be on the same damn boat. Like the woman's implying that because Nancy's a detective, like, she's a negative influence, like, she's gonna get her daughter involved in some shit, which, side note, Nancy's been involved in a lot of car accidents, like, pretty much every book so far has involved Nancy being involved in a car accident if she's been driving a car, and it's almost never her fault, and it's almost always male drivers, which is something that I found interesting, and then I was like, hmm, it could be that most women didn't have their driver's licenses around now, um, North the entire United States had not entered World War II yet, so the breadwinner would be the man if you had a breadwinner going on. So, yeah, it's entirely possible that there were a smaller percentage of women drivers, period. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting. So they are still preparing for their trip. Um, Hannah invites Effie, the ditzy-ass maid, over to help them finish packing everything. And she tells Effie to like take up Nancy's skirts by like three inches she's like I've already done the pink one so don't do that one but do the rest of them so of course Effie fucking hems the pink one so that it's like a mini skirt now and Nancy's like I can't fucking wear this in public and George is like it makes you look like a circus performer and Nancy's like how about fuck you I'm just gonna rip the new stitches out it's fine um, but what they discover, and Carson leaves, like, right around then for his trip, and what they discover is, he's like, don't forget your passport, and he's like, I'm, uh, uh, sure, I'm not gonna forget my passport, but then when she's packing up the trunk and everything, and she's getting ready to leave, she can't find her fucking passport, so, that's not cool. Also, before she leaves, actually, um, Ned comes over and he's like, hey, we're going on a date. And Nancy's like, cool. Because, again, she's going to be gone for months to South America. So it's kind of like a, oh, this is the last time we're going to see each other. And if you were thinking, we're going to bang. I like where your head's at. I wish. Um, instead, he decides to take her to a farewell cookout. Like, a bunch of their friends have gotten together to see her off before she goes on her trip. And... On the way there, Ned's like, I hope the steaks are okay. I picked them out, and they might just be shit. And Nancy's like, I'm sure they're fine. And so after the cookout, when they're cooking the meat, she's like, Ned, this is the best meat I've ever tasted. And I was like, I feel like that's a double entendre. 
and y'all are around people. And I also want somebody around you to be like, that's what she said. But alas, it's 1940. <laughs> so they're having a, a grand old time. Um, just, you know, singing songs and roasting food and just chatting about shit when a massive storm blows up. And that's like feeling pretty pessimistic during actually this entire fucking book. Like, I want to blame it on the fact that his girlfriend's about to be in fucking South America for a hot minute. But he's like, oh, first he's bitching about the stakes. Then he's like, oh, this storm is going to just uh, ruin everything. And Nancy's like, I think it'll hold off. I think it'll be okay. Um, so they do have like a really good cookout before the storm kicks up and, and they're trying to gather up everything before they leave. Not like Mad Men, where Betty just picks up the fucking picnic blanket and just flaps it into the wind before they leave. Um, they're actually going around gathering everything up when um, all the lights that are in the picnic area where they are go out because of a lightning strike and they can't find Nancy and lightning strikes a tree because this is like Jane Eyre. And they're looking around, they can't find her, and it appears that Nancy's near the tree as though maybe she was also struck by lightning, and she's, like, passed out on the ground, and everybody's like, oh, my God, Nancy, are you okay? Nancy, are you okay? And she's like, oh, my God, what happened? Oh, my God. And Ned's like, I'm going to carry you to the doctor. So he literally, like, picks her ass up and bridal carries her ass to a car, and I'm like, yes to all this. Take her to a doctor that is going to get cut off by a flood, and there is only one bed. But sadly, that doesn't happen, because Nancy's like, I'm fine. I don't need to go to a doctor. And everybody's like, you need to go to a doctor, though. And she's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to shake it off. <laughs> Was she hit by lightning? Was she just brushed by a tree branch as it fell down? We do not know. The book is not interested in telling us. Here's the deal, bitch. This book has 25 chapters. The last one ends with everybody laughing and, and cornholing except for Buster. So you got 24 more chapters to have some cliffhangers on. And that was the cliffhanger for that one. Like, you got to have some shit go down. That's just how this works. So did some evil supervillain? No, no. It's just she was at a picnic and some lightning may have struck her. And does she now have superpowers? Probably. Like, how is she not dead? It's fine. So, they go home, um, Carson leaves, Nancy's packing, she can't find her fucking passport. She's like, I, she's already sent the trunk, because, like, the people come by to pick up the trunk so that they can deliver it to the ship, and so she's like, the only place it could possibly be is the trunk, and I know I didn't put it in there. And so they contact Effie, who, again, is a fucking dingbat, and find her at a fucking soda counter just drinking a chocolate soda just thinking about life and they're like Effie did you put my fucking passport into my fucking trunk and Effie's like is is the passport like a piece of paper and everybody's like Jesus effing Christ do you oh my god um <laughs> so yeah Effie's like I, I maybe I put I don't know and they're like you're the fucking worst you are the legit fucking worst like and I'm like, she has apparently spent all the goodwill that she earned from tracking down that wounded pigeon in Larkspur Lane. You're just like, you're just a waste. Just fuck off. So they decide that they have to leave like pretty much immediately to go to New York because that's where they're taking off from to see if her passport's in her trunk because she can't get on the fucking ship if she doesn't have her fucking passport. And that becomes like the major driving force between for like the next four chapters is like, is her fucking passport in the fucking trunk? And I was like, because like, 
the premise of this book, which is basically that, like, Nancy's going on a trip to South America, somebody doesn't want her to go, which always immediately raises flags about, you're a villain, like, hello, why else would you give a fuck? So it's that, it's the drama over, will she go on the trip, and then it's like, will she be able to go on the trip, because will she have her fucking passport? Um, so, yeah, it's a little weird. Um, so yeah, they decide that and they're having another farewell party. Like it's like a fucking farewell tour. Like she's the Rolling Stones and y'all ain't going to see her for a few months. So just buckle in. Um, so yeah, they have like a nice farewell dance dinner thingy and apparently Ned's there. Like it doesn't really mention that much. It's like, we're going to, we're going to party our asses off. And then at like 1130, we're going to run to the train station. So as they do, like they're able to do so. Oh, shit. Before this point, um, Nancy went out to get something. Hannah went out to get Nancy a sewing kit to make sure that she could mend her clothing on the go, as one does. And the house was unoccupied, so somebody snuck in and took a bunch of clothes out of Nancy's trunk. And this is why Nancy was concerned about whether her passport was in the trunk or not, because somebody came in, stole a bunch of clothes. They startled the thief who, like, just basically strewed her clothes all over her yard and, and dumped some in a trash can. Like, that's all that happened. And Nancy was about to leave, so she was like, fuck, we have to wash everything. But they didn't see anything missing. It was just that everything seemed to be all over her yard. And Nancy was worried that maybe it was kind of like a blind so that they could steal her passport while they were at it. So that's another reason why they had to run to New York and see if that's where her passport was. So... so they go to get on the train and Ned's with them and he's like hey so let me just help out and Nancy's like you can help out by carrying Snowball who was in his pet carrier she she I guess I don't fucking know I don't think they gender the cat um and Ned's like I feel super self-conscious about this and Nancy's like you look super cute though and Ned's like uh okay So he's helping them get on the train, and Effie's like, oh my god, I just saw your trunk. I just saw your trunk go on the train. And Nancy's like, no, that when I called to see where my trunk was, they told me that it was already, like, on en route to New York. Did somebody fuck up? Like, I don't... And Effie's like, no, I saw it, and it had your initials on it. And Nancy's like, that doesn't make sense. Well, at least we're on the same train with it. I mean, that's good. So, yeah. So Ned gets on the train. And he's like, yeah, I'm just here to see what's going on. And Nancy's like, honey, the, the train's about to take off. And Ned's like, I know. And I'm like, yes. Um, <laughs> and then he says that he's a surprise package. And I was like, again, with the phrasing, oh, my God. Like, yes, y'all going to bang on this train. It's a midnight train to bang town. Um, so, yeah, Um Ned says that he had talked to Carson and Carson wanted him to accompany Nancy and her friends to make sure that they actually got on the fucking ship. Um, There's a point earlier in the book when the trunk is delivered that Hannah's like, Nancy's trunk is going to return full of mysteries. And Carson's like, shut your fucking mouth. It is not. It is not going to return full of mysteries. She's going to have an uneventful trip. It's going to be nice. And you're like, Carson, what the fuck are you into? Like, seriously, he's making it sound like some mobsters are after him and he wants to get her out of the way. Like, I've got a lot of questions about what the backstory was for this fucker. And the answer is there wasn't any. It's just all plot convenience to make sure she goes to South America. Which honestly, um, she could have just as easily gone to Canada or like Virginia. Like, anyway, 
anyway, it's fine. Uh, Nancy has met Doris earlier in the book. Like, she asks Ned at one point if he would be okay with accompanying her over to Doris's house. And Doris is out that day. But they come in again later, and Nancy says hey to her. And she's talking to Doris and her family because her mom and dad are at dinner. And she's like, hey, we're going to be on the same boat together. And Doris looks at her parents, like, with this, like, really fuckers. And it's like, oh, that's awesome like Nancy's like I'm sensing the tension in the room and I could cut it with a butter knife um yeah so Nancy's pretty sure that Doris is gonna be there like it and again like whenever she's talking to her dad and she's like should I just take a different boat he's like yeah I guess and Nancy's like then I won't be able to to see if Doris is gonna marry this bitch-ass partner son anyway so yeah, so they get on the train, and as soon as they get on the train, Nancy actually goes with Ned to find a luggage porter, I guess, and is like, hey, um, I just need you to, there's a trunk in there, it's got my initials on it, here's the key, I just need you to open it up and see if my passport's in it, because at first she asks if she can get into the luggage compartment, and the dude's like, fuck no, like, we do not allow that, and Nancy's like, I just need to see if my passport's in my trunk, like, can you just do me the solid, and the guy's like, I will take your key and I will see if your passport's in the trunk. And Nancy's like, thank you so much. So the dude goes back there and he comes back and he's like, it's not your trunk. And Nancy's like, did it match what I said? Like, had my initials on it, everything? And he's like, yes, it has your initials on it, but this key doesn't work in it. And it, it doesn't have the stickers that say it's going on the express to your boat. So it's not your trunk. And Nancy's like, this doesn't make any sense and you're like ah it's not the mystery of the brass bound trunk it's the mystery of the brass bound trunks which honestly is what it is like let's just be honest about that okay so we're on a train to new york it's nighttime nancy and ned are not doing anything sadly anyway they go to new york (laughs) Or maybe they are. Maybe they bang the whole way there. Um, they're meeting back up with Bess's Aunt Helen, who, no, yes, I guess so. Um, Bess's Aunt Helen, who lives in New York, so they're not staying with Aunt Eloise because apparently the authors had not gotten a really firm grip on that yet. Like, in the files, especially if Nancy's in New York, like, she's always going to be with Aunt Eloise or going to see Aunt Eloise, practically always. Um so they're going to stay with her, and Ned has a separate hotel room, and I put in my notes for this, for banging reasons. <laughs> so they decide to go out and um, go to shows and everything while they're waiting for the ship to actually take off. Once they get there, once they get to the ship, Nancy calls, and they're like, yeah, it should be here in the morning. So she goes out there, takes her key, finds her trunk, opens it up, and yes, under like a bunch of sweaters, she finds a bunch of papers that Effie apparently just picked up and just slammed into her trunk, and she's like thank god oh my god so yeah um I think I mentioned but I probably didn't that Mrs. Purdy said that she was fine with the girls staying with her once they got to South America and she was looking forward to it and yes she did in fact leave Snowball on Nancy's front porch like a foundling child and Nancy's like sweet everything worked out she does actually, after she gets her passport, go to the telegram office to send her father a telegram to let him know that, yes, yeah, she has recovered her fucking passport for vague reasons like, 
I mean, I get it. Like, why the fuck would she have expected Effie to put her passport in her fucking trunk? But it's fine. Um, so again, she sees the guy and he sends another telegram, which on his way out the door, um, the telegram operator is like, so I can't really make out your handwriting. Does it say blah, blah? And he's like, yeah. And Nancy's like, another clue. Um, (laughs) they don't know the relationship between Mrs. J and this shifty character. So, um, they, decide to go shopping one day they go into a jewelry store and they see mrs j there and nancy just saunters over because she's a bitch like this and she's like hey girl hey and mrs j's like i don't know you i don't know you at all and like runs out of the store before she ran out of the store she had been looking at a diamond bracelet which in 1940 money was like nine thousand dollars and i was like oh shit so of course it's like a fuck ton of money now So Nancy looks at it and she's like, that's a cute bracelet. And then George comes over and she's like, yeah, that is a cute bracelet. And then they leave the store. Like, that's it. They don't purchase the bracelet because, again, it's like a a chunk of change. So, sadly, Ned does not circle back and purchase for her as part of his proposal. Seriously, side note. um, Ned is traveling with the girls on the train with no chaperone. he had talked to Carson about doing it before he did it and Carson specifically asked him to do it like seriously there's a lot of signs in here that point to Carson and Ned have an understanding that Ned's intentions are to eventually marry Nancy and there's a lot of side notes in there there's a lot of like not quite jokes that Ned makes um like oh yeah I can't I can't wait until like we can make things official and things like that and Nancy just laughs it off because you know She's young, but there's a point early in the book where they do the babysitter's club thing at the beginning of these books where they're like, and Christy had this great idea to make a babysitter's club, except for they say, Nancy's mysteries begin with the secret of the old clock, which you should ask your parents to buy you. It's not quite like drink your old teen, but anyway, um, but it says like several years ago, Nancy solved the myst- the secret of the old clock. And you're like, then how old is she? Because it's established at the beginning of that book that she's 16. Granted, yeah, at this point, it is several years ago and that that book will be 10 years old at this point. But um, Nancy herself, like her age is not stated and it's still like she's young. She's still presented as she's probably like 16, 17, 18. Ned's still a college student. So there's that. He hasn't yet been deployed. <laughs> God. I'm so excited for us to explore that together. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, there's some questions there. So, Nancy and Ned have been dating for, I mean, according to this, at least a couple of years, you would think. But it's fine. But I, I do think that a lot of this does point to, like, Ned has a special position in Nancy's life because there's there's a certain understanding between him and Carson. And again, like, not much would have actually changed in these books if Nancy had said, like, once Ned graduates, we're going to be engaged or whatever. Like, that's when we're going to get married. Like, not a lot would have changed. Because he never graduates, so it's fine. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. They get to another show. Uh, Nancy and Ned and Bess and George and Aunt Helen go to a show, and it's got a lot of different shit going on. And at one point, Bess, like... Bess vanishes, like the lights go out and Bess is not in her seat anymore. Nancy freaks out and goes and looks for her and 
no, they kidnapped her as part of the show, and she gets $5, which is $100 now. <laughs> and Bess is like, yeah, look at this sweet $5 I got. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'd let somebody pretend to kidnap me for $100, uh, except for that she's Nancy's friend, and she knows how easily that can go wrong. It's fine. Human trafficking. Um, Quite literally in these books. So, yeah. Um, they go out to the ship. Um, Mrs. J, of course, is out on the ship to see her daughter, Nostrilda, off. And she sees Nancy and she flips the fuck out. And she's like, what are you doing here? And Nancy's like, going on a trip to South America, bitch. And the woman's like, you said you weren't coming. And Nancy said, I said I wasn't traveling with the schoolgirls, bitch. So just step off. Like, your precious daughter is going to be fine. I'm not going to corrupt her or whatever the fuck. And the woman's like, I'm going to take her off this ship right now. And then she can't find her. Which, perfect. So they actually have to, like, bodily remove her from the ship like she refuses to go because she's like we can't find her daughter what I don't know where she is and they see the shifty guy with her who is apparently her her current husband and yeah she leaves without ever finding out and so the woman actually leaves directions with the ship to as soon as she's recovered to send her back with the pilot ship which is actually fairly interesting. Like, I did not know about pilot ships until I listened to the Exxon Valdez episode of You're Wrong About, but, like, to basically lead them out till they're in open water till they can get to their channel where they would normally travel, but they can't find her. And they were also told to put her trunk on that ship. So... Nancy still doesn't quite get that there's two fucking trunks, so they bring her trunk, they bring the trunk that is not Nancy's up to the deck, and it looks so much like Nancy's, and it's got her initials on it, that she's like, oh, yeah, put that in my quarters, and they're like, we were told to put this on the pilot ship, and Nancy's like, it's my fucking clothes, put it in my room, so then she goes to her room, and she finds that there are two trunks that say Indy on them, because, yeah, there have been two trunks the whole time. Again, like, I don't know why it took her so long to figure that the fuck out when her key didn't work, but they they were also told that the trunk was put off the train at some point before they got to... That's fine. That's fine. Oh, while they're on the way to the ship, um, actually, to leave, um, Nancy sees the redheaded guy. She has seen the redheaded guy, like, at two other occasions, and she's been trying to track this guy down. Because, again, remember the, the ginger guy who ran into her car and she's got the $50 to pay him? Yeah, so every time she sees the ginger guy, she's like, wait, I've got your... And he just runs away. So she sees him in a taxi, and she's like, we need to follow that taxi. Well, Ned has friends at every major port in, on the East Coast, so he invited, like, two guys over to basically their third farewell dinner, like I said, they're just playing the greatest hits and saying hey to everybody and lots of dancing and drinking and steak. So the guy who actually came with Ned, I think his name is Howard. It doesn't fucking matter. He never happens again. Um, he comes to dinner and he sees Nancy and he's like, he immediately catches feelings. Which, on the one hand, who wouldn't? And also, Ned, how are you not getting by now that your girlfriend is like catnip to every other guy you've ever met? Seriously, like he comments on it several times and that is super jealous and it's super hot. Um, but yeah, he watches his, this friend that he invited to dinner, like just falling over Nancy and he's like, I fucking hate this shit. So Nancy's like, we need to follow that cab. And the guy who caught feelings for her is like, yes, I will help you. And that's like, we need to get to the boat. So Nancy's like, whatever, bye. And she runs out with 
the guy who caught feelings, and they pursue the ginger guy back to a hotel. But they can't find him. They find the floor where he went, but they're not quick enough to see which room he goes into, and she hears voices, and she's like, that sounds like Doris and her mom, and they open the door, and it's Doris and her mom. So Nancy has decided at this point that it's possible that Doris and the ginger guy are an item, because she found out, she wrote to the fucking DMV, (laughs) and was like, hey, this car hit me, they gave me some money, I need to pay him back, can you tell me who this car is registered to? Because she had, of course, written down the license plate number, and they responded with Doris's information. So Nancy's like, so the ginger guy was driving Doris's car, like, I think y'all dating, I think y'all are dating. So she asked Doris about it, like, she runs into her in New York before this, and she's like, hey, so are you friends with the ginger guy who was driving your car a few a while back because he ran into my car and Doris is like I don't I don't know what you're talking about because right before that point Nancy had seen her gazing longingly at a picture and she was like it's the ginger guy it's gotta be she doesn't see the picture but she's like it's the ginger guy so Doris is like I I can't talk about that and Nancy's like okay I mean I've got $50 for him so yeah so Doris now knows that Nancy's pursuing the ginger guy um for $50 reasons. It's like the inverse of the UME 250. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, she sees Doris and her mom at the hotel and Doris's mom seems upset and Nancy doesn't know why. She's like, maybe because Doris is talking about eloping with the red, the ginger guy. I don't know. Anyway, they get back to the ship and that's like, I was not cool with how that went down. And Nancy's like, it's fine. We got to the ship on time. It's fine. And and Bess and George were like, we thought you'd been fucking kidnapped. We didn't know what the fuck was going on. And Nancy's like, it's fine though. Like, if you are a type A personality who likes to show up to shit like 30 minutes early, Nancy's going to tear your nerves up because that's just how she rolls. So there's that. Uh, the ship takes off, everybody disembarks, which is sad for me because I wanted Ned to hide himself in maybe a lifeboat and just pop out later and be like, guess who's here and gonna stay with y'all in your room? That's the problem. Like, they're sharing a room. All three girls are sharing a room. Damn it. I've gotten up. Uh, anyway, sadly, he did not take a, a berth in steerage so that they could reenact Titanic. Anyway, that's fine. Um... Yeah, Nancy has to stow Snowball with the other pets, so that's fun. And she likes to go down to the hole just to check on Snowball. And while she's doing that, she sees the ginger guy, and she's like, <gasps> and she tries to chase him, of course, fruitlessly. Uh, they come down another time to check out how Snowball's doing, and Snowball is apparently doing fucking great. And Bess is like, why can't we just bring Snowball back to our quarters? Like, there's a woman on this boat who has a police dog. And the attendant is like, bitch, that's a CNI dog. And Bess is like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's like, yeah, she, she needs that dog. So just step off. You do not have a support animal. So. So they actually make friends with the blind girl, um, because of course they do. And um, the blind girl's like, yeah, I play piano. And they're like, we're going to have a talent show. And the talent show is a fucking mess because there's apparently a ventriloquist who yells fire. And everybody's like, oh, my God, fire. There's a fire on the boat. And then the ventriloquist is like, 
no, it was just a joke. And I'm like, that is the worst fucking joke other than like, I'm being raped right now. Like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like one woman just starts screaming hysterically because she's like, there's a fire. And it's like, it's okay. Like, please rethink this for future reasons. Just don't yell fire on a boat. Just not, not as a joke. Not as a joke. Okay. Nancy meets Nostrilda, who, again, like, I'm picturing with, like, heavy eye makeup and dressed up like a fortune teller because that's how my brain works. Um, But Nostrilda's, like, 17, and she's like, yeah, my mom really didn't want me to come on this trip, and I really wanted to go, and I'm not going back. And Nancy's like, cool. And Nostrilda, of course, is like, I don't know, like... I don't want to talk to my parents. And Nancy's like, then just put it off as long as possible. And Nostrada's also afraid that her trunk, as soon as she gets to South America, like her parents are going to have some order in place to like ship it back immediately. And then she'll have no clothes and then she'll have to go home. And Nancy's like, hey, just have it delivered to my place because, you know, we've got the same trunk basically. And then I'll just have it sent to you and that'll get around that. And Nostrada's like, you're so great. Thank you. Okay. Remember how I was talking about the deceased partner's son? Yeah. I think his name is Henry. It's going to be Henry now. Um, He's on the boat as well. So we've got a, a ridiculous cast of characters at this point. Nancy, Bess, and George are sharing a room. Nostrelda is staying with the headmistress. Ish? I don't know. It's fine. Near the headmistress. It doesn't matter. Um, With the group of girls. We're not introduced to any of the rest of the girls because they don't fucking matter. Um, Doris, her mom, not her dad. Doris's prospective groom, the deceased partner's son, Henry, is also on the boat. The ginger guy, like, <laughs> we just got a shit ton of people on this damn boat. Um, so here's the fun thing. Nostrelda, Treldy, because after Bess and George meet her, they're like, we're going to call you Treldy. And I'm like, on the one hand, that's cute. But on the other hand, it's like is she okay with that? Like, it's, it's not cute to shorten somebody's name unless they're okay with it as a person whose name is often shortened and is not okay with it. Um, so Nostrada and Nostrada catches feelings for Henry and he catches feelings for her as well because he, Doris like avoids him like the plague. Oh, we can't say that anymore because we all thought that we'd avoid the plague, didn't we? Um, so yeah, Doris is like avoiding him like a mofo. And so Henry and Trelly are talking all the time and just having a, a good time. And Nancy and her friends are like, look, Doris shouldn't have to marry Henry unless she wants to. But also like Trelly's 17 and she's trying to get away from her parents. And so she's like really emotional right now. And they're, they're like, they like that it's cute. Like their flirtation is cute. And they like that she's like got something else to focus on. But Especially near the end of the book, there's this whole, like, paternalistic, which the ship is called the Patrician. Like, we're just going to drill that in there. Um, that Charlie's, like, too young to, like, do anything serious because Henry is a total jackass. Like, he's like, yeah, I, I work as little as possible. And Nancy's like, that's cute. And he's like, yeah, Doris says that, you know, she thinks I should buckle down and be serious. And Nancy's like, maybe you should. I have to go because <laughs> she doesn't want to fucking talk to this guy. Like she's got that whole, like, I need to be pressuring Doris to marry this jackass in her head. And she just doesn't want to, she doesn't want to open that can of worms. Like 
yeah, so she wants plausible deniability, basically. Um, the headmistress at one point, while they're searching for Trelody, is like, Nancy, have you seen her? And Nancy's like, um, no, and I will definitely keep you posted because she has no intention of telling her until after they're past the point of no return. So, um, there's a fun section where they rescue the people who are on a lumber boat. So that's fun. Um, like, it's just that Nancy likes to be out on the ship deck watching shit, like, and Charlie has gotten a telegram that's made her upset, which clearly is from her parents. Um, and Nancy talks to her and she's like, why? Because the trunk, of course, the mysterious doppelganger trunk is Treldy's. And Nancy's like, why does your trunk say ND on it? Like, huh? And she's like, oh, because my actual last name is Darlington. It's not Jay, which is her mom's remarried last name. So Treldy hates her new stepdad. She's just not getting along well with her mom. Of course, this headmistress is like her half aunt or something. Anyway, and Mrs. Purdy is also her aunt because all three of the major players in this are related because, of course, they are. So Nancy's like, yeah, you could stay with her. And she's like, mm, she's related to my mom. So awkward. So anyway, um, yeah, Nancy goes over the trunks like really thoroughly because she's like, why do they look different? And she notes that Nostralda's trunk doesn't have the same label in it that hers does. And also it's got a bunch of more like nail heads like because she's able to compare it to hers because it's right next to it and she's like it just has a bunch of huh can I look in your trunk and Charlie's like sure but Nancy can't find any like obvious secret compartments or anything to say why her trunk would look different it just has this it doesn't have the same label as hers and it's got those extra nail heads and that's it so so they um, get to South America. The blonde woman is trying to disembark and go through customs. And they're like, well, you've got no way to make money. And she's like, no, I'm going to play piano. And Nancy's like, she's a good person. Just let her go. And they're like, that seems legit. Oh, shit. I forgot to say. Uh, there was a point in the book when they were in New York that I forgot to mention. Um, <laughs> because, of course... They come back to the apartment after, like, going to the show or whatever the fuck, and the cops are there waiting with the clerk from the jewelry store, and he's like, one of them stole the diamond bracelet. And Nancy's like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, the diamond bracelet was missing after you and your friend left the store, so one of you stole it. And Nancy's like, uh, no. Like, neither one of us stole your fucking bracelet. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, did you put it back in the case? And the guy's like, I would have if it had been there, I, I think. And Nancy's like, okay, so you're not even fucking sure. No, we do not have your fucking bracelet. My father, the inventor of Toaster Strudel, would not be happy to hear about this. And she doesn't, she's not sure if her father's name is going to carry any cachet here. <laughs> but she's just going to throw it out there just in case. And the cops are like, Carson drew shit no no these these girls are fine and you don't even know if you put it back in the fucking case and the guy's like well I mean they were looking at it and George is like yeah we were looking at it dipshit we didn't steal it we're not like that bitch so I just had to put that in there because of course Nancy has to obligatorily name drop her father especially while traveling um 
anyway so yeah when they're going through customs and she sees that the blind woman's having they're trying to give her a raft of shit over it she's like no no she's good people and they're like okay so they go to stay at mrs purdy's house everything is really really nice um and the ginger guy shows up and is like basically staying in like a guest house outside and nancy's like so you know the ginger guy and mrs purdy is like that is george sand and he is not really into the ladies and i was like are are we seeing queer representation like i have some questions um which not really anyway um so nancy keeps trying to try and she was like mrs purdy's like george sand does not want to be talked to so so just leave him alone and they're like oh okay sure no because again nancy's got that 50 dollars motherfucker and she's going to give it to you so eventually what Nancy finds out is that George Sand is Doris in disguise, which is why the ginger guy appeared to be driving Doris's car, because it was Doris the whole time. And Doris is just putting on the disguise to avoid Henry. <laughs> because she just, she's like, look, he's a jackass. Like, he, he said, like, I don't want to work, and, you know, I just want to coast on what I've got, and I'm, I'm just not here for that shit. And when he says, like, Doris wants me to buckle down, and Nancy's like, maybe you should, he's like, I'm not going to let a woman tell me what to do. And Nancy's like, yeah, you're just batting a thousand on this, aren't you? Like, why the fuck would she marry you? Like, you sound like a total jackass. So, anyway, eventually what happens, um, Treldy is staying somewhere different with the rest of the girls from the trip like and she managed to get around having her trunk sent back because she sent it to nancy who then then when the guy shows up to take the trunk over to treldy bess takes him to the room and she's like okay grab that one and she doesn't pay enough attention and the jackass grabs the wrong one so nancy's trunk is taken to treldy and treldy's trunk is still at nancy's somebody breaks into treldy's place to get her trunk so that's disturbing somebody else comes by and is like oh well and finds out about the trunk thing. And is like, oh, well, I'm good friends with Nancy's father. Maybe you could get her to, I, I just thought we could ha- catch up on things. So this guy's named Harry. And he's charming and persuasive enough that eventually Nancy does meet up with him and give him her address. Because he asked for it and she feels like she would be impolite if she didn't. And then she leaves her trunk, well, the trunk that's with her, out in a room to see if she can catch the people who she knows are going to come after it because she calls her father after this. And, oh, side note, this is why none of this makes sense. Her father's back home. Like, she's gotten to South America. It's never stated, like, what the actual fucking timeline is on this. Like, did it take her, like, a solid three months to get to South America? Because it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like it may have taken them, like, a few weeks like, they're not at sea long enough to be like, this is the worst. But, yeah, her father's back home. And, like, what? Why is she in South America if her father was going to be gone, like, for a shorter time than it would take her to get to fucking South America? Like, it doesn't make sense. Um. Anyway, he's like, um, I need to talk to Henry, the deceased partner's son. And also, no, I don't know anybody named Harry. And Nancy's like, let me tell you some shit that went down. And he's like, this is real expensive, though, bye. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Nancy 
tracks Harry, the guy who pretended that he was friends with her father, to a luggage store. And she's like, oh, well, the her trunk was stolen. And then, you know, and Trelde's trunk is also being attempted to be stolen. So Nancy's still trying to find her trunk because she's running out of clean clothes, y'all. And so she's like, well, it's a luggage store. It's probably in there. So Bess and George go in, but they can't find it. Um, Nancy's like, maybe it's in the back room. So she sneaks into the back room. Um, a trunk that's off balance, like, falls down and hits her on the fucking head. There's a mystery science theater where they say that the hero operates on unbelievable luck and coincidence. And I'm like, or Nancy just gets brained by anything that's nearby. Like, things are just attracted to her like metal to a magnet. So she gets knocked the fuck out. Um, she doesn't come home, of course, because she's knocked out in the back room. Is there incense? Not this time. Um... So she wakes up around four o'clock in the morning. She's locked into the store. She can't, actually it's around three. She's locked in. She can't find her way out. She can hear a night watchman, but of course they're going to ask questions like, why are you in the store and did you break in? So she scratches at the door like she's an animal that got stuck inside and the watchman comes in to see what happened and she sneaks out behind him, basically. Takes a taxi home. She's all disheveled. And they're like, oh my God, where were you? And Nancy's like... It's a long story, but I need a bath. Bye. So what they discover is that the store appears to be selling knockoffs of the same kind of luggage that Nancy and Estrella have. So that's weird. Uh, Carson tells Nancy that the company is in trouble because they've been selling like cheaper luggage, like not as good, but they because the brand has a good reputation, people are still buying it, but the company's in trouble because of this. The couple that is Nostrelda's parents, so her mom and her stepdad, um, have been involved in smuggling jewelry. Like, that's one thing they find out. They find out that Mrs. J has been arrested and released for stealing a diamond necklace. Um, bracelet? She steals a lot of jewelry in this book, y'all. Um, so yeah, what happened is the Jocelyns, the mom and the stepdad, went to the luggage place and had them like basically build in some hiding places in the luggage so that they could smuggle jewelry and then they went to like failing luggage places in other countries and convinced them to get in on this shit like there's there's a lot that I'm like I like that you're attempting to explain the logistics but this also seems like needlessly complicated so there's that so Nostrada's trunk gets to South America and then they're trying to get the trunk so they can get the jewelry out of it. Nancy finds where her trunk has been hidden, which is in a hotel room that Harry's gotten. And she finds a stolen necklace in there and she immediately like shuts it and is like, yeah, we're walking away from this because if this is my possession, they're going to say that I stole it. So then she calls the cops and explains that there's some stolen jewelry in there. And they're like, it's a trunk with your initials on it and your clothes in it. And it's got stolen merchandise in it. And Nancy's like, ah, but there's also stolen jewelry in Trelody's trunk. And so she manages to find that the nail heads, those extra nail heads, are where you can access the secret compartments. And so she pulls out a bunch of stolen jewelry. And the cops are like, this seems legit. And I'm like, no part of the, like everything that she said like made it more and more suspicious so good job good job all around so yeah they arrest the guys um the jocelyn's are arrested henry before he leaves 
like goes to talk to Nancy who is like I want no part of this like this is I'm in a, a reddit sub forum and I, I want no part of this Henry's like Maybe I should um, elope with Charlie before I go back to the States. And Nancy's like, why the, no, no, jackass, no, no. Just go back to the States. And if you still feel the same way about her later, okay. Because again, I think it's just some infatuation. And also they don't really talk to Charlie about it. Like, which I don't love. Like, again, they're like, oh, she's so young. And I'm like, she's also like South American. So there's this weird, like paternalistic thing going on where they're like, you don't know what you really want. Anyway. So, um, Henry goes back and he's like, oh, well, I, you know, I wasn't looking closely enough at the books. Doris is actually the one who discovered what was going on with the books that are dad's business. Cause she's cool that way. So what she really wanted was for Henry, because again, he has a part in the business that she doesn't, she wanted him to discover the problems and do something about it. Partially also because like, I guess she just wanted it to be resolved privately. And that's the thing that Carson says later that they kind of wanted everything to be not hushed up, but just like, well, so you've been, you've been cutting some corners. Let's just deal with that problem without it being like a public scandal. So once he says that he's buckled down and he's gonna like take some responsibility for the business then Doris is like okay now I'll marry you there was never a ginger guy um when they confront her over it Doris is like how did you know it was me and Nancy's like your hands I saw your hands (laughs) I guess she had like it was the way that she was holding her hands Nancy was like I've seen you holding your hands like that when you were Doris so that's how I knew that that was you and Doris is like good to know so, yeah, so Nancy finds her trunk, she's recovered the jewelry, um, Nostrelda, I think that, like, Nancy's like, let's just keep Nostrelda in South America for as long as possible, like, why doesn't she just stay with Mrs. Purdy, it's fine, just, you know, because her mom was, I mean, they always try to imply that the mom was, like, an unwilling participant, but even though she seems like a deeply unpleasant person, and of course, they were afraid that Nancy was going to find out what the fuck was going on, so it wasn't you're a bad influence on Estrella. It was, we don't want you touching that fucking trunk. Um, so yeah, they're like, yeah, Estrella's just needs to hang out here. And, and her parents are just, yeah, kind of shitty. Just cool. Cool, cool. So yeah, that's how the book ends. All the, the stolen jewelry is recovered. The plot is uncovered. Everything's going to go back to normal. Everything's fine. So uh, next week, we're actually going to pick up with the next book, because I think the next five books are going to be good Ned-centric books. Although I will be honest with you, I've been daydreaming constantly about the start of season four, because, oh my God, like, don't get me wrong. I fucking love doing the mystery stories because good times, but the next files is just going to be fan-fucking-tastic, so... Stay sleuthy, my friends.